Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Aeromotive is the leading manufacturer of aftermarket high-performance fuel systems. The company's products are the fuel system components of choice for Formula Drift drivers, Matt Field, and Dai Yoshihara. Aeromotive's fuel systems customization shop is fully equipped to help you get your project car up and running. With fuel systems capable of supporting more than 3,000 horsepower, they're sure to be a solution for you. Visit AeromotiveInc.com and use code PROAM to get 10% off your entire order. This week's guest is Hunter Taylor, who competes all the way in Norway in an NK4 Supra. She comes on to talk about her drifting program from where she started, to now her competing in an FD feeder series and everything in between. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Drifting Pro-Am. All right, I think we're good to go. So, Great. if you'd like to introduce, your, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and where you do it, and we'll go from there. Yeah. All right. Hi, guys. My name is Hunter Taylor. I am from San Diego, California. I'm 28 years old, and I am a drift car driver. I now live in Norway. I am a fiancé to Frederick Osbo, um, as you may or may not know him, Formula Drift Driver, Rockstar Energy Drink, Supra. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people may not, but um, yeah. And I started drifting about five, year, five years ago now. Um, it's been a wild ride, and this is my first official year of proper competition. That's so. awesome. And actually, I was kind of curious. Uh, so, I don't know anything about like the drifting series. If you can tell us a little bit about like um, the name and all of its uh, fun stuff, I guess. Uh, like here in Norway? Yeah, like the different series it has within that um, competition setting. Of course. So here in Norway, you basically start off in grassroots drifting, which I guess would be like driving at Willow, you know, with all your buddies, <laughs> kind of. Uh-huh. And it's just a small competition, really low horsepower car, really, really tiny tires, um, easy to run kind of competition. And then you move up to Norwegian Cup or NC drifting, which is slightly more competitive, bigger tire size, things like that. Um, and then you move from there, you know, let's say, I think you place in top eight in that and think you're allowed to move on to NDC or the Norwegian drift, um, championship pro two, which is a bigger tire size. It's basically all tire sizes here. There's not a lot of, um, regulations as far as like horsepower and engine size and all of that. Um, but the, the tire size is to save money. So that's a big one. And then when you place, I think in top five or maybe it's top eight again in uh, Norwegian drift championship pro two, you're allowed to move to pro. Um, and you of course can do this as quickly or as, you know, as slowly as you'd like, depending on how you're doing. Um, Typically, they actually would allow me to run pro, but I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, take the proper steps and move my way up and earn that position. Um, so, yeah, I've started this year in NC Cup and in the region pro too. So I'm doing both. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Those, I'm going to assume that those two schedules don't conflict at all. So they do not. Okay. Yeah, yeah which is nice. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you guys have like uh, multiple tracks out there? Because I know we do. Norway is a rather yeah. small country, correct? 
So Norway has about, what, like 5.5 million people. And if you think about it, the city of Los Angeles has about 7 million people. So that's how tiny this country is. (laughs) Yeah, but um, uh, Drifting's actually, you know, it's a decent community out here. Um, There are several tracks here in Norway. One of the biggest ones or most popular is Rudskugen. um, And that's a kind of more F1 style track, big big sweeping turns it's definitely a fourth gear track it's super super fun mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're on some ice licks it's fantastic um and then they have volerbanen which is all these tracks are about within two hours from where i live this one's a little bit more in the forest um it's a tighter track super fun um there's several there's like two different track layouts that you can run on that track and then we have um, ACR, which is the Arctic Circle Raceway, which is about 12 hours north. That is gorgeous. And the sun never sets there during the summer. So oh, that's kind of cool. It's the midnight sun. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, beautiful track in the mountains. You can see like glaciers. It's fantastic. Um, they don't run any competitions there anymore, yo. Um, and then we have a smaller track actually right next to the airport, and that's Gordemon. Sorry, I'm speak. I have to speak these in a little bit of Norwegian tongue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's a tiny track as well, and that's where they run the Norwegian Cup. Um, and then one of the newest tracks here is Lillisand or Lillisand, which is right next to the ocean. Um, it's owned by Seaman Olsen. He's in uh, Seaman Olsen's father. Seaman Olsen just started in Formula Drift this year. Um, he's in the A90, mm-hmm. the I, gray I, and yellow one. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Are yeah. they saying so his he's, name wrong as Simon? It's, so in Norwegian, it's Seaman. But uh, I think in English, it's Simon, which is appropriate either way. I oh, think that, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's all good. Um, you can pronounce things, I guess, however really makes the most sense in your language. But yeah, um, yeah so I, I'll call him Simon. But his father owns the track in Lillisan, and that is a really cool track. It's uh, uphill or downhill, depending on which way they run it. Um, so it's super intimidating when you're initiating straight out of wall going downhill. And then um, uh, it's actually on the behind a gas station. <laughs> so uh, the crowd of the gas agents is able to pull up and watch, and it's super fun. So that's another track that they run for the Norwegian Drift Championship. And that will be for my last two rounds here in Norway in August. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Nice. Um, yeah. So what made you decide to compete? Or is this something you've always kind of wanted to do? You know, what's funny is I, before I met Frederick about six years ago now, I was into cars, but I had just started getting into drifting and learning what drifting was. I was actually into like off-roading and going to the desert and, you know, trophy trucks and all of that. But, um, when I met Frederick, he, the first year we met, he brought me to, uh, ice drifting here in Norway and he threw me in his right hand drives, ice Supra, the beater Supra, as some people call it. Um, and he said, Hey, you're going to learn to drive. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay. Anyways, from there on, I fell in love with it. And about a year later, he surprised me with the super build. So him and his friends got together. It was a huge project, you know, late nights in the garage. We put that thing together. And the first time I ever hit a racetrack in my entire life was in 2017. So, um, I've just kind of grown to, uh, learn to drive. Um, and last year, I was going around the track at Utskugan and I was just burning tires and I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I just going around the track? Yeah, sure. I'm fun, but I'm honestly kind of getting bored. I want to, I want to do this with a purpose. Yeah. Um, and I looked, I looked at Frederick and I said, I want to compete. And he was like, all right, then 
So, you know, he, he was like game on and I was like game on. So, uh, yeah, I signed up and we actually kind of decided to do it pretty late, uh, because of COVID and everything. We actually weren't even sure if things were going to run this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, hell, FD wasn't even sure if they were going to yeah, run exactly. last year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I signed up decently late, uh, which kind of hurt, you know, it was kind of difficult to find some sponsors this year, but it, it, everything ended up working out. And here I am. So it's it's been a fun learning curve for sure. And competing is a whole other mindset than just going around the track and having fun. That's actually on a list of questions. And since you brought it up, we'll segue into it. Um, yeah. So Go ahead. have you like found a way to like overcome the competition jitters? Because people that <sighs> haven't competed don't really understand. Like it does mess with your head. You can be completely fine in practice and then comes qualifying and you're like, uh, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. Yeah. No, like for sure. So practice, you know, you kind of always, almost always have another run to go at it. Right. You're yeah. like, okay, well I messed up here. I can just do it again and do it better next time or learn from my mistakes. Um, so here's a good example. Uh, I forgot another track here. It's Vinstra. It's another one in the mountains. And that was the first round for the Norwegian drift championship this year. And I was doing okay in practice. Initiation was a super long, like clutch kick initiation and it would basically a hairpin. And the track, it wasn't a really good flowing layout of the track. Uh, none of the drivers really enjoyed it. But anyways, um, practice was going okay. We did a gear change, um, a longer gear setup. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I think I'm going to be okay. Well, come competition day. And I was so nervous, I was nauseous. Ooh. And if you've ever competed in anything in your life, maybe you can relate. But if you haven't, then yeah, like you said, it's hard to understand when you're being judged. Okay, A, you're being judged. B, you have sponsors who are, you know, not expecting you to do well, but they want to see you, you know, perform. Correct. And then you, you're you on live stream. Your family, your friends are watching, you know. And I kind of also have this in the back of my head that, I'm Frederick's fiance. I think people, maybe people don't expect me to win, but maybe they expect me to perform well. Yeah. So I'm kind of my worst enemy a little bit on that end. Anyways, I'm, I'm doing donuts and heating up my tires. I get to the line and I can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my hands. I just go numb. It's like my brain went blank. Um, and on my, on my second run, I cleaned it up. I got a score on the board. Uh, which was, you know, coming back from a zero, at least I was able to do that. Um, so I was happy I was able to pull myself together a little bit, but it wasn't enough to qualify. So that whole event was a huge learning experience for me and also a slap in the face too. Um, you know, it's, this is no joke. Um, and you know, it, it's not like you're out here to win a gold medal in the Olympics. It, you're, you're just trying to get a score on the board and, you know, have some fun and compete. But yeah. If, if you're your own worst enemy, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. No, it, that makes sense. And I, I agree with the own worst enemy part. <laughs> you kind of like <laughs> ridicule yourself and then it makes it worse. Oh, oh no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. And, you know, and if you're sitting there, I think for me too is I can't watch – other people driving. I can't worry about what anyone else is doing. I can't sit and watch my GoPro helmet footage over and over again because that also hurt me. Um, was overthinking everything. So it, so, and everyone's different. Frederick's super analytical, uh, where he'll sit there and plan and really think about what he's going to do. But I do better if I'm just, if I just go out there and do it. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, there's that as well. 
just kind of like taking it on and and kind of like crossing that bridge when you get there. I yeah, exactly. Like yeah. relying on your muscle memory, which you know gets the car around the track, and not necessarily planning uh, every second of it. And so and the second competition you did, you did like uh, much better. And with that one, you actually had your husband, fiance, husband. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah whatever you, you want to call. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But um, to answer your question, so yeah, so Frederick actually flew in straight from FD, and we had about a week where we were together for a little bit. And then came competition day, and I was like, will you be my spotter? And he was like, of course. And I was like, yes. So it was great. And, you know, I was a little worried that, you know, having your significant other tell you what to do, I thought it was going to be quite annoying to have him as my spot, as my spotter, actually. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't. Yeah, right. And some couples don't really get along in that setting. And I didn't know if we would, Um, but it was a great test. And he was so supportive and calm. And for me, I'm kind of a fiery person. And if I get pissed off or flustered, like it shows and I'm vocal about it. Um, So he was able to, you know, kind of calm me down and give me the reassurance. And I learned that if I just say, hey, babe, I'm nervous, you know, and he would he knew what to say to me to put me back in a comfortable mindset. So yeah, I actually ended up qualifying 10th, um, in my very first, in my, oh, sorry, my very, my second competition, I qualified 10th at, and you know, these guys, a lot of these guys have been doing this for a long time. So it, that was great. Um, I don't, I still think I was driving better in practice than I was in qual for sure. Um, Mm. You know, it's hard to hold it together. I was still nervous. A hundred percent. I was still very, very nervous. So, um, but the next day I managed to win my first top 32 battle, which again was another, like a whole nother goal set, um, for the weekend that I didn't even think I was going to make. Um, but I did. So I beat that gentleman in top 32, moved on to top 16 against another fellow super driver. And that guy actually used to drive with Frederick 20 years ago or 15 years ago. So yeah, they were old friends. So he, he's like, you know, maybe in his late forties, fifties and he was just there to have some fun. And so it was cool to go against him. And at initiation, I got super close and I, I checked up on the e-brake just way too hard. And I, I straightened for a moment and I got right back on the gas and, you know, chased him down. But it, that little, that little moment of straightening, of course, you know, that's, that's a no, no. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, no, we don't do that. (laughs) Um, so, but I learned from it and you know, it, it, it's all competitions, all about seat time and exposure to mindset and chasing. So, um, but I had, a, I had a great lead run after that, but it wasn't enough for me to move on and it's all good. I'm still really happy about the goals I did make. Good. What, um, two questions. So it's going to be related to tires. One, what tires do you guys get there as far as like what brands and whatnot? And then what are uh-huh. your guys's? Um, series limitations for tire size because I, I know you mentioned earlier that it was all based on yeah. tire size. Yeah, is that so treadwear I, as well. Yeah, it is treadwear. Um, so I believe Grassroots is two hundred five, mm-hmm. um, and then I think like three hundred treadwear. <laughs> so you know, pretty skinny hard tires. Yeah, and then for Grass, no, sorry, for Norwegian Cup and uh, NDC Pro Two is two twenty five and two hundred treadwear. 
And then for pro, you can run whatever the hell you want. So, you know, if I was doing pro, I'd probably be on 285 Silens at 80 Treadwear. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, though, God, those tires are fantastic. Um, and I got to run those last year just for fun. So those are great. But no, this year, um, there's been some problems with containers and shipping. So I, I haven't even gotten my Silens yet. Um, you know, if, if anyone's in the logistics world, we know that containers around the world because of COVID aren't yeah. a little expensive to ship yeah, a <laughs> right bit, now, but yeah. any, a little bit. Um, but anyways, I don't know if I would have necessarily run them in, uh, pro two anyways, because I can't run the 265, 245, 285 setup that I would want to. So I'm running high flies right now. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty popular tire here. Uh, 225, 40, Um, and they're they're okay they're really smoky um but they're not super grippy so we're playing with tire pressures and kind of you know do i want 15 do i want 10 do i want 20 depending on how loose of a car i want yeah um and and it's all about track as well so i've learned a lot about setup this year which is really cool um but so there's high fly there's rotella I haven't tried Rotella's yet. Uh, I actually have some sitting in the garage that I'll give a shot. They're supposed to be grippier, but less smoky. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then when you're moving up, you have Westlake um, and Silen, and I believe those are the two. Those are the main tire brands here right now. Yeah, never heard so of not- the Silens, the Rotella's, or the High. High fly. Yeah, right. So every country has, you know, its own thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, totally. It'd be it'd be cool to like get Nitto here or um something like that, but no, they just they don't I mean, there's no market here, at least as far as I know. Um I could be wrong, of course, but um yeah. Yeah. Uh, how would you compare the two series between like I don't know if they're really even comparable um, between like the NDC and FD itself. So um, in Norway, the Norwegian Drift Championship is actually a considered a ladder to Drift Masters and Formula Drift. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the series underneath those two series for sure. Um, but you know, pro is. It's competitive. These guys are running a thousand horsepower. They're great drivers, you know, and expect the Norwegians, they're really good rain drivers because we all drive on ice during the winter. So, you know, it's raining. No one gives a shit. They go out there and they kill it. So yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> um, no, it, it's, it's definitely a competitive, um, in pro and it's, you don't underestimate anyone here and even pro too. So, um, there's a lot of upcoming drivers that I think will really, you know, step out and maybe hit drift masters and RDS and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's cool to, uh, see, I'd see a different community. Um, it's definitely like, well, there's a lot of differences here. I feel like in lifestyle and culture and things like that, uh, that apply at the racetrack. Hmm. Um, if you if you got the opportunity to compete in any of the like FD series, whether it be like a Pro Two or even coming here to do Pro Am, is that something you would be you would consider? So I would love to do Pro Am in the U.S. because, like I told you, like I really want to earn um, any position in a bigger series than I'm in now. I really want to win or get third or whatever. Like I really want to podium and beat these guys. I want to beat these fuckers. So yeah. <laughs> I want to earn it. Um, but I, I would love to do come over to California and do pro-am ship my super over and all of that. But 
we don't really live there. Um, I, we, you know, when Frederick and I are there, we rent a room at my mom's house and we help her with rent and her garage is tiny. There's no way I'm going to fit a drift car in there, you know? So, (laughs) and this is all just honest. I just don't have the same setup. I don't, you know, I have in Norway, we have a garage, we have friends, we have, I have my, my mechanics live here, my everything. So, um, it would be a huge huge move for me to come over to California and drive. But if the opportunity presented itself, uh, I would take it a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, it's just lifestyle things, but no, I would love, yeah, love to work up through the ranks and hit pro two and all of that. I think it'd be super fun. What, did, what would you say your ultimate goal is for this season? This season, I think I just, for each round, I want to push it just a little bit, you know, I want to qualify in a, def- a decent position, you know, maybe in the top 10, top 15, because there's about 30 drivers every round. Um, and then I also want to win a top 32 battle and win a top 16 battle. And now that I won my top 32, my next my next goal is to, okay, I want to win a top 16 battle. So um, I'm not going to set the bar too high um, because then I just let myself down. Um, and if I exceed that, that's great. So... Um, this is like, I, you have to remember, I'm still learning how to a, get my mindset down, get comfortable with myself as a driver and a competitor. Mm. Um, it, it's one, like we talked about, it's one thing to go around the track, but another to compete. So, uh, if I do well, then beating someone in top 16, I'm, I'm crying tears of joy. So it's, yeah, yeah, that, those are my goals. I just want to. I just want to have fun. Uh, I saw that you actually have a practice car. I do. Uh, I do. Give us a little details on that bad boy. Yeah. So I have a little E46 compact BMW. Um, She's super, super fun. It's actually my ice car. So we go drifting on the frozen lakes and I throw big ass WC uh, studded tires on that thing and rip up the ice track. But I have a M54B30 motor in it. Mm. Um, and that thing's, you know, it's around what two thirty horsepower, I think, stock. And that's it. There's literally the only thing. There's a quaff diff on it. Um, stock, stock blown suspension in the front. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. You don't really need front suspension. What do you need that for? Um, and then what else does it got on it? I just have some like homemade knuckle setup. Nothing special. It's, I mean, it's a practice car. So, and it, honestly, I drove it over. Yeah, the weekend, and the handbrake didn't even work. So, I was just weight transferring over. Yeah, through the whole track. It's fun. It's great to get back to basics and that thing. Yeah, I'm actually putting one together for myself right now. And oh, you, you said are? Blown out front suspension. Like that's funny because this thing has blown out front suspension. I was gonna pull <laughs> yeah. it off of my comp car and put yeah, it on yeah. that one, so I didn't have front blown out suspension. But what the uh, hell? Maybe I mean, I, maybe I'll just be lazy and not deal with it now. Um, to be honest, like it, it, of course the car is a little squishy, and if you spin, you feel like you're gonna go flying off the other direction. But yeah. um, it's hell. It's a practice car, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. I look at drift cars like if you're missing a side skirt, you're missing a bumper, your headlight fell off, just freaking go. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, my thing is, yeah. is I was trying to keep like the cost down because I yeah. live in uh, Los Angeles. So, mm-hmm. you know, going to any of the tracks and gas is expensive here. Like oh, just yeah. getting to the track is like a minimum of 300 bucks by the time you put gas uh, and everything. Yeah. And then the higher horsepower car blows through tires. So 
can't afford yeah. that. Nope. Um, so I it's, lower, just, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, so I got a lower horsepower car that I can drive to the track and hoping that I don't go through as many tires. So let's see how that works. Well, here's here's a good trick for you. Uh, create a water puddle and cool down your tires each lap. You know, I just saw somebody post online. of uh, They made a water sprayer for like 100 bucks to spray yeah, their tires off after every lap. And that was actually going to yep. invest in that too. Yeah, it's either you take a cool down lap and sit for a second or you cool them down with some water. So it's a great tire saver and it, it keeps you going a little bit longer than you normally would. So I was doing that just in the compact because I was burning through tires and that thing. And I was like, what the hell? I need some water. <laughs> I wonder if they'll allow it where it's like, yeah, I might have like the nozzle there on the comp car, but it's, you know, there's not hooked up to anything. Like the tank is removed. You, you can clearly see the end of the lines not hooked up. Yeah. Like they're going to make or you just, um, completely you know, take it the, out. You know the pump sprayers for like pesticides or like like weed killer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys use that at the track. E- exactly. Just one of those is great. And it's, so. Then I got to rely on somebody else or I got to get out of my seat, which is a struggle. That's true. Do you have a friend or something? <laughs> uh, no, no. I normally go alone. Uh, like to, uh, Unless it's like a comp thing, then I take people. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. it's just a regular track day, like all my friends are at the track are already driving. All right, right, yeah. So. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've never really gotten to experience the whole California drift scene, so I really want to at some point. It's great. Which is, which is funny because I'm from California. You'd think that I would it's, have some exposure to that, but... <laughs> uh, it's... It, for some reason, it kind of reminds me of school a little bit in the sense like, you know, when you go there, when you first start going, you know, you make friends with the people you pit next to sometimes. Sometimes you yeah, don't talk yeah. to them at all. And then it kind of yeah. just evolved into what it is now where like everyone calls it like super clicky, I guess. But I don't really see it as clicky anymore. I used to feel that way as well. I think it well. depends on your mindset. Yeah. Now it's just like, no, they just make friends, man. You'll make your own. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. I think the biggest thing in drifting, like. Some people, I'm not trying to, I I don't want to speak anything badly about anyone, but a lot of people can be very judgmental and jealous and um, like to judge others before they know them. Um, So, or maybe that's in any motorsport. Um, I think that's just just personality trait and has nothing to do with drifting. Yeah, no, for sure. So maybe that's just life. Yeah, Um, exactly. So, and, and, you know, that doesn't help anything, but the more of an outgoing person you are for sure, it's great just to, Hey, what's up, man? How are you? You know, by the way, if you need anything, just let me know I'm here for you. Um, I think that's a great way to show up at the track. Yeah. And then they also has like the camaraderie that doesn't really come in other, you know, sports. I think motorsports is like number one in that. Like, it's like, I want to see you win too. Like, exactly you need a brake line that i have go get it here you are yeah no for sure yeah Um, people here in norway like you need something you just run over be like dude you have this and they're like yeah here here you go take it you know yeah so yeah i love i love the community here it's it's great um so the difference between the two cars is it like a significant difference (laughs) like where you gotta drive like do you have to change your driving mindset to drive the two different cars or you just kind of go out there and do it so, you know, when you drive a ho- higher horsepower car, especially because my super has 800 horsepower and a thousand, a thousand newton meters of torque. So, you know, I know that I don't necessarily need to throw the car super freaking hard and drive the literal crap out of it just to get it around the corner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, not that I'm relying on the horsepower at all, but it, it is definitely a different mindset, especially when you don't have an e-brake either. <laughs> so when I hop in my practice car, I know for a fact I have to be in second gear in absolute full throttle 
and throwing the car around, you know, just to get around track. So it is different. But then if I take that, cause I'm driving so aggressively in the, in the practice car, then I drive way more aggressively in my comp car. So, and I think also when you're, it depends on who you are and how long you've been doing this, but going from 230 horsepower to 800 horsepower, it's a little bit, not, not scary. Cause I'm never scared, but it's a little bit overwhelming. Sometimes you have a lot of power underneath you. You don't realize how and much it puts you into that seat. Exactly. Yeah. So it can set you back. And this year I actually just upgraded my uh, gearbox in the Supra to a G force, mm-hmm. a dog box. Yeah. So it's a G one Oh one with a side shifter and yes. it's fan fantastic but i i had never driven with one before and um my first time was at practice a few weeks ago and uh my 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 mechanic was like all right so you're gonna absolutely pin it stay on throttle when you're um at the start line through first and shift into second on throttle i'm like okay 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 so i do that and the car literally just freaking rockets off the start line and i'm on a way water line than i want to be and i went straight into the wall um yeah at least the rear end of the car um so it crunched pretty good but we managed to fix it up we actually had a tractor come out and tow the (laughs) and like it stretched the bumper out it's gonna you posted that right yeah Yeah, you guys like pulling it apart (laughs) Uh it was hey dude you, you do whatever you need to do to get back on track yes and I, people telling me I don't deserve the car because I crashed it, well, hell, then you don't know drifting at all. So <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it, always some dude that's like never went drifting in his life who has yeah. like the most to say about what you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I'm like, okay, buddy, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I guess it just comes with the territory. No, it does. But um, no, so yeah, it is a definitely a different mindset driving both cars, but I think being in a low horsepower practice car and practice being aggressive helps a lot when you jump in a higher horsepower car. So that's super important. No, I've actually never driven a, well, this isn't like a high horsepower car. My, my comp car has like 450, but that's pretty good. Uh, that's all I've ever been in. I think the first time I went drifting was with an LS car. Yeah. Uh, so I've always kind of like had the power and torque there. So uh-huh, this new uh-huh. car I got has like 200 horsepower. Yep. And weighs more than my comp car, so now it's going to Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, so just get ready to clutch kick the hell out of the thing. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. Yeah, but it's oh. fun. It, it is really fun. It's super raw. Um, that's and what I was going it, for. Yeah. I think you're going to really like it. That pure feeling. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are the rest of your competitions like, um, at least like as far as like your scheduling dates? Like, How many comps are there in the year? Because I know you said you're running two different series. Yeah, so the NC or Norwegian Cup, I think, is about three or four rounds. And then the NDC is three rounds. So they're really not that long. It's not like FD where there's eight rounds or, you know. Um, But I don't even know if I'll be here necessarily for the rest of the NC because it's in October and I kind of want to be at Irwindale for the finals. So, um, you know, got to support my man too. Irwindale? Yeah. I even got snuck in last year by one of my friends when they had no, yeah. when they had nobody yeah. there. Yep. He's yep, like, don't yep. worry, I'll get you in. 
no, yeah, we, we'll, people will figure out something. Yeah, but exactly. um, yeah, no, I, I got to support Frederick and be there for him too. So I don't know if I'll be here in, Nor- in Norway at that time period. But yeah, the, all these comps here are pretty short. And there's actually another series that normally runs here mm-hmm. at Gothville, which is the big streetcar festival. I don't know if you've ever seen some I've heard stuff. Of it? Yeah. Uh, but is it, I've never seen any um, footage from it. I've seen like a few of the drivers um, uh-huh. like post some stuff about uh-huh. their driving but never seen like the whole uh enchilada so to speak yeah no so imagine grid life mm-hmm. but like sc- scandinavian style people are just absolutely batshit crazy you know drinking shirtless there's there's well back in the day there used to be topless girls on the stages oh. not so much anymore with me too it's kind of no more of that but <laughs> yeah it's a it's a huge concert at night and it's really fun there's i think there's upwards of maybe 20 cars on track at a time and these tracks are big so it, you know it can take a, a couple cars um but it, it's bananas you know there's people on fire there's people crashing there's people you know there's oil spills on the track there's there's just all kinds of stuff going on. So there's yellow flags and black flags, people getting, you know, thrown off track because they did something wrong. It's really fun, but it's super hectic. Um, it sounds like a party. It, it's super. And that's where I learned to drift. So oh, wow. okay. it, it, it's kind of like driving down the 405 on six lane freeway and imagine everyone drifting. Oh, God. <laughs> it barely, people can barely stop and go on that freeway, let alone drift. Exactly. Well, oh, imagine maybe not so much traffic, but uh, okay. No, no, wait, I take it back. I mean, well, imagine a lot of traffic, but with smoke and drifting. Yeah, Ooh. there you go. It's fun, but it, it can be a little hairy, um, but it's cool. And that's where I learned to drive. And that they normally have the Got Bill Drift Series, GDS, mm-hmm. going on. Uh, and I had planned to run that this year, but. Uh, instead of NC, I was going to do uh, NDC and GDS, mm. um, which would be Pro 2 and actually Pro. A GDS is considered a Pro Series. Okay. Um, but I that didn't happen. COVID, you know, it, it hurt them in a way that they, they there was no point in trying to run it because mm. we couldn't have spectators. Yeah, that's, that you know, and money in. What, is, what is a grid life without 20, 50,000 people, you know? Um, it's just not fun. And so, but there is uh, Gothville at the end of August, but still no GDS. So that's a bummer. Uh, I hope next year that they will run that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not having fans there, I think, because um, one of the guys said I went to Irwindale last year. Mm-hmm. It was a very different experience. Yeah. And not a bad one, but it was no, very different. No, I don't think so. It was a very personal it, experience, it seemed. Like I saw Vaughn like, with his family doing family mm-hmm. shit in between his runs. Um, so it was like, right. it was very personal. I think I saw, I didn't even know some of these people had a family. Like I won't even no. drop their names, but I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, you got a family. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to be honest, I kind of liked it yeah, it, uh, in the, in the sense that things are quiet. There's no pressure or at least the fan kind of pressure, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no dudes not, passed I mean, out drunk under the bleachers. Or, you know, or just, you know, not, not, you know, what fans are fantastic. They're all most, at least Frederick's fans are so nice and they just want to talk to you and get to know you and take photos with you. And, you know, we have fans bringing us gifts like, like little handmade homemade stuff. And it's, it's also heartwarming. Yeah. Um, and they're great. And we did miss that part, but at the same time, it was kind of cool to walk around the pits and it's just the racers. So 
it was a bittersweet experience. Yeah, it felt kind of like a pro am on a like a much higher level. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With it was like nice. five hundred thousand dollars setups. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh... I, I, it's it's not good for sponsors, and it's not good for the series to have a empty paddock. So. No, understandable. Um, no, I think it's it's great that the fans are back uh, for a lot of reasons. But. Yeah. And then yeah. moving forward with like your competition stuff, do you are you going to compete next year as well? Is that something that you're working on now to try to um, solidify for next year? Yeah. So now that I know that I can at least get my mind in the right place and I can lay down a qualifying lap, <laughs> yeah. that was a big test, right? Yes. Um, and, and I actually won a battle. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. So, uh, no, yes, I can definitely do this. So I'm, I'm really driven. I really want to compete next year. Um, but at the same time, Frederick and I are getting a little bit older. I'm 28. He's going to be 36 and we also want to have kids. Yeah. But now that I've gotten this, this taste of you know the competitor race car driver kind of vibe i'm a little bit hooked so maybe we'll put off kids for one more year and i'll drift next year so i'm talking to him about you know some people i should reach out to to join the team and you know what are what do i need to do to solidify the the sponsorships for next year so i'm i'm looking at that for sure um earlier yeah. you mentioned setup um, yeah. where are you going or what is it that you're kind of doing other than playing with tire pressure? Um, and I'm assuming that you have a mechanic doing this or are you also doing yeah. your work? So I am not as mechanically inclined as maybe I'd like to be, but I've learned a lot in the last few years and it's really cool to do these competitions because you learn a lot during that. But I, so I do have a mechanic. He's a really good friend of ours. His name is dog and he's super, he's super smart. He's great. Um, as far as setups go, like we're mainly just playing with gear ratios mm-hmm. and tire pressure because for the most part like these tracks there's there's no banked tracks here you know we don't need to run a lot of jacking in the car yeah um it, it's and it's so yeah the big one is uh tire pressure and uh gear gear changes um i do want to get another gear set up because uh, i have a really long gear set get up uh and a shorter gear setup so i want something in between Mm. uh with the dog box now so looking at that and you know i I don't have much else under the car Uh, a lot of the car's pretty stock still so oh okay yeah i mean you have uh the stock rear end right yes correct i have like rsr suspension uh-huh. Um, and like a Freddy special angle kit that's like homemade in the front, but I don't want, I don't run wise fab. I, you know, nothing like that. So, um, the biggest upgrade to the car was the G force and the carbon fiber drive shaft this year. Yeah. Those were two big upgrades. G force amazingness. And I have something that is nothing like it. Uh, what are you running? I, so I have an old Muncie, so it bolts up just okay. like a G force does. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think the gear ratios are the same. I have to look, I'd have to like, uh, compare the two. But well, if, if yours, if yours is affordable, I would keep it that way. <laughs> Cause Ooh. breaking a, breaking a gear in, in a dog box is going to set you back, you know, 600, a thousand dollars. So yeah. just be careful. Luckily I have not broken anything yet. Yeah. I'm and, starting yeah. to miss third. So yes, we'll hopefully it's just a yeah, long and I remember, 
I think, yeah, I didn't put the gear all the way into second and it just pops right out. You know, there's no, uh, there's no forgiveness with this gearbox at all. Um, and if, and if you don't mean it, when you put it in gear, you're going to, you're going to shear the gear right off. So you really have to be pretty forceful when you're shifting. Yeah. With your, uh, with between the two, your practice car and your, uh, your Supra. Uh-huh. I know that the practice car has the shifter in the middle. Where do you have your handbrake for that car using the stock one? Um, I have a hydraulic in the practice car, but right now it's broken. So, or it's not biting that well, but yeah. it, it's right, you know, it's right where to the left I guess right. I ha- Yeah, exactly. So Always. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because I got, so I have the side shift too in my comp car. So I have uh-huh. my handbrake over to the right and I kind of pull it towards me at an angle as opposed Oh, that's weird. Which is comfortable for me. Like, I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I take it back then. I'm sorry. But now, yeah, okay. like, the new car has a shifter in the middle. So now uh-huh. I have to put it to the left of that where I pull it straight back. That's why I was kind of curious. Like, how is your setup in oh. the uh, Supra with the side no, shifter? No, yeah. It's, it, everything's where it's supposed to be. So it's it's on the left. Um, oh, sorry. Not where it's supposed to be. Where I like it to be. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I um, forget that. You can actually have different e-brake setups. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. yes, um, so it is to the left. Yeah. Ah, okay. I was always so wondering. It, is it – you just kind of reach over and pull it towards you? I've never uh, – It's literally never just to the right of the shifter. And oh, yeah, just yeah, pulls yeah. Cool. Tor- and it just – when you pull it, it pulls towards me, so it looks like it's coming at like an angle. Oh, that's kind of cool. All right. <laughs> so it works. But nice. I've driven one car with – the with the straight back pull just to the left of the shifter and i wouldn't say i disliked it but i think it's just because this is the only one i've had the reason so frederick and i run this for i think a main reason is it's right there next to the steering wheel and when you're chasing you you want everything to be super compact and close together you don't want to have to be having a bunch of movement in the car you want to be able to go from e-brake to steering wheel, e-brake to steering wheel, and maybe shifter within some small proximity to each other. It's really important for timing and being smooth. Um, so that's a big reason why we have it set up where we do. That makes sense. I'm actually looking yeah. at your uh, a picture of your interior right now. Oh, yeah. okay, I see it. Wait, is this with the side shifter in there as well? Uh, what this picture are you looking January. at? January. Mm, maybe not because I, I didn't put the dog box in until a month ago. Oh, then I'll just assume it's not. Yes. <laughs> but, I do, but you also have yours kind of high and pushed up a little bit. So I do see that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes yes. sense. Maybe so that's what I It's have to do right to do. there. Yep. And yep. it's great for chasing. I really like it set up that way. Maybe I should change mine. We'll, we'll try it on the practice car first and see if I like it. Honey, you do whatever you yeah, want to do. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's it's great to try different things too. So. No, definitely. Because if if I don't try it, what if it ends up being the um, you know the maybe it for, makes I or breaks better it better or something. I, yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Okay. And I think I learned another thing this year. Don't be afraid to change uh, setups and test different things. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I learned too, and then I also learned to keep track of their changes. Yeah. And <laughs> don't forget where you, yeah, you know, where you changed but, it from. Cause if you make it worse, yeah. if you make it worse and you're like, Oh shit, I don't know where to put it back to. You're kind of shit out of luck. No, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one thing I learned during comp too. Yeah. Um, right on. That's it for all my questions. Um, 
No, I um I was really excited to talk to you. I've actually never done this. So oh, really? it, and I no, I've never had like a proper um podcast done and I was really excited to awesome. you know talk and share my experience with uh, other people. I think it's I I like to do that. Oh no, I, so. I appreciate you coming on. I do. Um uh, Robert is the one who had asked if had mentioned it to me and I was like yeah of course I was like everyone's always welcome on but I never know if people even want to do it so I think that's kind of like my issue just need- reach out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure uh, yeah I mean the worst you're gonna get is a nap no thank you no so. <laughs> no thanks fam yeah exactly so Rob Lowry Bell Racing yeah. yeah he's the one that had mentioned it. I was like oh of course I know she just started competing right yeah Rob's a great guy yeah but so alrighty then Thank you for coming on. Uh, I do no, appreciate thank you for it. How can people me. find you if they would like to do so? Um, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's Hunter Taylor seven six zero. That's my race number at the end there. And I also have TikTok. I'm not a big on. I'm not big on Snapchat. But uh, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. If you want to chat, ask about setup or whatever. I answer DMs. I like to talk to talk to people and fans and stuff like that. So. Uh, doors always open. Yeah. Is the uh, 760 anything to do with growing up in San Diego? It is. I'm okay. from Carlsbad. That's, yep. Okay. So that that was my area code. Got, you know, <laughs> I got to keep some – I have to keep some American in me when you live in a foreign country. Yeah, I work I work between like through all of SoCal. So like I'm, I'm pretty uh, aware of all the zip codes and, and yep. area codes around here. So, <laughs> all righty then. Thank yeah, you so much. So- you have a good one. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Bye, honey. Bye.